Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode five of Let's Talk Touchdowns with me, Morgan Edwards, and Birmingham's biggest Giants fan, K. Ryan Hines. How you doing, man? Yeah? I'm not too bad, yeah. Uh, how are you doing, Morby? What have you been up to this last week? Oh, still in isolation. Uh, allowed out on, on Saturday, so counting down the days. But um, it's been a pretty dull couple Free of weeks. my man, Morgie. <laughs> get him out of jail. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So by now, I'm sure you guys listening at home are used to it being a two-person podcast. So just as you were getting comfortable with Kay and myself, we thought we'd mix it up a little bit. So joined with us for episode five is a very special guest, our in-house NFL fantasy statistician, Chris. Uh, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you doing? Welcome. Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you guys for having me. You've set me up uh, with a billing there, so I hope you can live up to that. But I'm uh, yeah, I'm a mean, Giants fan, so you're outnumbered now. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought? I would not have thought. I, didn't, I haven't met another Giants fan in a long time. I don't even think no, I've... I'm... Yeah, I don't think I've met another Saints fan, to be honest. Mm. Not many Giants fans left these days. Yeah, we're a dying breed. <laughs> it's not a surprise yeah, after the performances, out. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, how did you guys... Uh, did you guys enjoy the uh, week four of the NFL? Yeah, it was a bit mad, to be honest. The games were coming down to the wire yet again, and mm. there were some high-scoring games. It was actually quite mad. Yeah, 100%. There's like... Um... The, the, every week's come down. There's a few games like have come down to like a one possession game with like a couple of minutes to go. It felt like just a really good week to get football in, given everything that happened. It was the first real week where we were affected, weren't we, by COVID with the Steelers yeah. and the Titans yeah. postponed, and Patriots, Chiefs, and Mike Cam yeah, Newton. I'm sure we'll talk about, and then the mm. poor Saints players and only getting on. They only got their uh, clearance at three a.m. the day of the game. They were only oh, told they were all clear due to a fault. Doesn't problem, give you so. a lot of time. No, the fact that you've got, uh, the fact we got football in, fact, like the best thing about it, and we yeah. had our first head coach sacking as well of the year. So we did, exciting. yeah. The, the Texans currently four and uh, no zero and uh, four. I was going to say not four and eight. Mm. <laughs> you wouldn't sack a coach over that. No, definitely not. <laughs> it's pretty rough for Deshaun Watson at the minute. Like he's obviously such a talent, but he's just yeah. got no one around him to help him out. He really doesn't, and it's kind of sad to see because he's such a good quarterback. He he's in the same vein as um. Lamar Jackson, I think, but he's just mm. not getting the results. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, think, Go on, Chris. No, I was just going to say, I think that's a really interesting move because obviously uh, Bill O'Brien serves as the general manager and head coach there. So, you know, sometimes when a coach isn't having a good run, they'll just blame the general manager for not getting the right players. But yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere to hide, is there, when uh, you've got the players and you're coaching them up. <laughs> and although I must say, that's a brutal first three games they played with mm. Chiefs, Ravens and Steelers. So Yeah, <laughs> The Steelers are the big ones there as well because I, I don't think the Steelers would be, what, 3-0? and Yeah, 3-0. and Possibly 4-0, and you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult because I, I don't think you can blame them for losing the first three games. No. But I think this was the game then against the Vikings where they should have won and they didn't. So I think that was obviously the last straw for them. But I still think it's a little bit harsh. Yes. I think definitely this was the get right game that they just failed to get right in. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of this is to do with some of the moves that he's made as general manager. I mean, you've traded away some pretty good players, mm. DeAndre Hopkins and 
taken on a terrible second round pick. You got rid of Debbie and Clowney. I mean, they don't pick now until the third round of the twenty one draft. Is that right? Jeez. So I mean, he's mortgaged the future to not very much in the present. So I think they just weren't yeah. confident with the plan going forward. And that yeah. was again that was the Vikings game. It, they're very much in the same um, situation as the Texans because coming into this, they were zero and three. So um, they needed to win this game just as much as Texans, and um, it was either Texans or Vikings. And this time it was Texans that took the L. Yeah, and it's interesting because I'd say the Texans are still a better team than the Vikings. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, the big problem with them is their defense has not forced a single turnover all season. Mm. So yeah, you're not going to win many games when yeah. you, in four games you've got a single turnover. Talking about defenses, I um, I was watching the Cowboys Browns game. I saw that the uh, Cowboys the Cowboys defense is twenty sixth in the league. Our thirty two teams twenty sixth. Mm. That is appalling. And yeah, the Cowboys yeah defense has given up one hundred and forty six points through their first four games. Oh my god, that's in- that's just insane. Like yeah. you can't you can't be relying on your offense to win yeah. you these games because obviously nah. you know they lost to the Browns thirty eight four time incredible game that but, was absolutely mad yeah and like mm. defense obviously they say offense wins games and defense wins championships that's what they say as mm. the saying goes isn't it? and I think I, I still stick by the statement that the Cowboys will win that division but they're not making it easy for themselves they really that, are not it's more about the division than it is about yeah <laughs> exactly I mean they've. They've let in 38 points now in three straight games, which is extraordinary. And you, you don't, and they're an onside kick away from being 0 and 4. Yeah, you know, they're one yeah, of the yeah. team, and that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're the Atlanta Falcons away from being 0 and 4. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to talk about the Browns, and specifically, we need to talk about OBJ. That was that's the giant OBJ that the Browns wanted when they drafted him, and it's taken him what two seasons to come? Three seasons, even three I think. seasons yeah. to come. That's the OBJ we fell in love with. As, yeah, as that's the OBJ I mean, that got me into New York Giants. Yeah, that famous catch. The extraordinary fact is that Beckham on Sunday with his three touchdowns, two in the air, um, and then one running one, he now has the same number of touchdowns as the Giants have all season. So. <laughs> that's got to hurt for you guys as Giants fans. It does, it does. You know. Yeah. The Giants, they're, they're not the team they used to be. Especially with them Saquon Barkley out, it's it's not looking good for us. They haven't been the team that you used to be for a long time, though. No, they have like, not. Like, the team not. the Giants used to be was, like, 2004, whenever it was, mm. when you guys won mm. the Super Bowl. Well, even up to a couple of years ago, when OBJ was still there, we got um, we got to the playoffs, but um, since then, it's just been down. Yeah, I mean, that, that Sunday was brutal. I, I thought, to be fair, our defence, obviously losing 17-9, to 9, Mm. Uh, to drop to 0-4 uh, in the new uh, SoFi Stadium against the LA Rams. I thought, to be honest, our defence played incredibly well. I mean, in, for context, we held, the, I said we, the Giants' defence, held the Rams to 210 yards less than their season average going into the game. But of course, the problem is the Giants are, and this is the most painful thing, averaging less than 12 points a game. <laughs> they haven't scored 20 points all season. That's insane. In a game, embarrassing it, it, it is like we miss obj a lot we have a lot of good wide receivers but we miss obj a lot and obviously now we were adapting our game to be a running game but with saquon barkley out we just have we have no one we have people but we still have no one 
No Saquon, no Sterling Shepherd. Golden Tate didn't play a particularly good game, dropped a couple of catches. And then the defence in that one moment on the back end, Cooper Cup having that 55-yard touchdown, just yeah. just seemed like, yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy, really. Ultimately, if you'd have offered me 17 at the beginning, <laughs> an eight-point loss, I think you had have been pretty happy with it. But considering if we'd have had even a tiny bit of a functioning offense, we'd have pulled off an upset. So <laughs> let's do the next. It's just sad to see, you know. Yeah, you definitely do miss Saquon Barkley. And actually, talking of a team who is missing a running back, the, the Carolina Panthers are currently 2-0 without McCaffrey. So they're 2-for-2 they're two two so far. So they lost their first mm. two games. McCaffrey got injured, and now they're 2-for-2. Two two. They, they beat the Cardinals 31-21. So you could argue that they're not actually missing McCaffrey. Yeah, it's a, it's a close one because McCaffrey is a big part of their game. But obviously, they showed that they don't necessarily rely on him like to get their points mm. and that's good that's good and I think also you look at their next two games um, where they could easily get up to four and two mm. um, they, you know they've got pretty winnable games coming up next and you think this could be a pretty it could be a frisky team they've got the Falcons and the Bears up next mm. so there's a chance that you know Falcons are an 0-14 Bears are a Spoiler alert: three and one team, a soft three and one team. You know, this could this could get to a four and two team, and they. I mean, how differently do we think about the two teams in this game? When obviously the Cardinals losing twenty one thirty one to the Panthers. Cardinals two and zero two weeks ago. Talk mm. of the league. This Kyler Murray MVP talk, and then you go and lose in back to back weeks against the Lions and the Panthers. I mean, it's a bit of a reality check, I guess. There mm, it is. They were close games, to be fair. Got to give him. Got to give him that, but. It is, it's hard to call it's hard to call I don't know what the um, Cardinals are going to be like they're playing better than I expected them to do and yeah. I'm still impressed by Kyle Murray but yeah. I think you can't forget that it's only what his you know second um, season second season exactly so this is only this fourth mm. game of his second year when, when the quarterbacks typically tend to do well in, in the league so I think we've still got to give him um, some more time and I suspect they'll be okay I mean they've got three of their next four games we've got the Jets the Cowboys and the Dolphins so three pretty winnable games that you could get up to say five and three and still be in there yeah. you say that but the Dolphins have been they've been putting up a fight against yeah, Patriots and then this this week with the, the Seahawks yeah. Seahawks won it um, 31 to 23 but they didn't make it easy for the Seahawks no, I think that the Seahawks did have a little bit of a fright. My dad's a Seahawks fan, and he mm. texted me halfway through. I think it was the Seahawks were only winning by a couple of points, and he was starting yeah. to panic a little bit. And obviously, yeah. within a, a flick of a switch with Russell Wilson, like they just managed to be so far ahead all of a sudden. And that, I think mm. that's testament to how good the Seahawks are this season. And DK did play pretty well, I think. He played pretty well. Did he get <laughs> any touchdowns this, um, this week? Uh, oh, good question. I can't remember. Chris, but, any idea? I know he got a hundred yards to keep up. I'm not sure if he got a touch, but he got a yeah. hundred yards to keep he up. He made some important catches and um, he got down the field, which is the main thing. But yeah, mm. Seahawks, uh, they're they're winning. They're four and zero, but it's not convincing win. So no, I, they big... have yeah, they've been tight, haven't they? Because they they, yeah. they only just beat the Patriots a couple of weeks ago. Mm. But I mean, you know, the NFL is a hard league. You're not going to win all of these games comfortably. You know, like yeah. like the Chiefs do. Because yeah. the Chiefs are just in another league of their own, but like the Seahawks, four and they've got to be up there as one of the best teams in the league right now. They're top three. It, for me, it has to be Seahawks, Chiefs, and um, Packers. Yeah, top three. Yeah. You're not you're not considering the Ravens up there in the top three? Top four. Top four. Yeah. Ooh, if Bills is an interesting one. Bills is. is. Bills is. <sighs> I think we might have to save that one for later. Yeah, we'll Talk save that one. Seahawks. 
you look at Russell Wilson's start to the year, and they're finally letting him throw the ball. He's now mm. in his first four games on 16 touchdowns, which is tied for mm. Peyton Manning's 2013 year for the most in history. So, I mean, this is a guy that they can trust the offense to. And finally, they are letting him go with two receivers, Lockett mm-hmm. and DK. I mean, 360 yards on just 24 completions this week. So he was he's, he's not just dink and dunking it on screens. He's throwing it downfield. And a guy like... Metcalf is an absolute monster in the contested <laughs> catch. Can you imagine trying to compete with him? Or not? You yeah. can't. You can't. You see that week in, week out. The, these um, small defensive backs, they they just can't compete because you don't expect a wide receiver that tall, that strong to just go up and win. Oh, you, you just don't expect to win against them and you don't. Definitely. And it's nice to see the Seahawks throwing the ball because obviously I think they've run the ball the most of any other team or second most of any other team last season. But they don't have that depth as much this year. I think they've got a couple of injuries in, in the running back um, group. So, yeah, I think the Seahawks are definitely up there as as one of the best teams. Um, but now I was quite uh, keen to talk about the uh, the Lions and Saints game because as a Saints fan, <laughs> I wanted to get the Saints back on track with another victory. And they've managed to do that. 29 points to 35. What What did you guys make of that one? I'm I'm not sure because uh, Breeze. I'm going off a of fantasy points um, on this uh, kind mm-hmm. of talk, but he only got like 15 on points, and I'm just I think he's struggling a bit, and I have no idea why. Struggling. I actually <laughs> thought I'm going to go. Comp- I thought this was Breeze's best game in terms of the the numbers, and I think in the most balanced way because we obviously think of this team as a ridiculous offensive team, and they did mm-hmm. put up what they were 14 nil down, and then they put up 35 consecutive sort of straight five mm. straight drives of touchdowns. And I mean, what I like to see if I'm a Saints fan is is a bit of Latavius Murray in the game. Yeah, 54 yeah. yards on 14 rushes with two touchdowns, which probably doesn't help many fantasy owners of Alvin Kamara, but <laughs> across the season it might well help the Saints' attempts. And I mean, I think Breeze answered questions about his uh, about his arm strength because that was the biggest question for me is. Was he 42 now? Can he still throw the ball deep? Mm. And he hasn't looked like he had uh, that in him for the whole season. But he attempted, according to this, I think his next gen stats, nine passes of 15 or more yards in the air. So clearly, mm-hmm. he, they actually let him throw the ball and spread it out. And, and Traquan Smith and Manny Sanders coming to the game with mm-hmm. yeah. Michael Thomas still out. I mean, I, I thought this was, you know, this was a promising game after going 14 zip down and having early on and having no sleep after those false positive COVID rumors to yeah. come on the road against the you know, Lions team that beat the Cardinals the week before. I thought yeah. it's just a case of getting the job done. And of course, the fun fact about this game is that 35-29 has never, ever been an NFL score. This is the 1,057th unique final score in NFL history, as you fact. That is mad. You are producing the stats <laughs> and the facts this week, Chris. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, I think for the, for the Saints, it's definitely been a question of whether, you know, Breeze can do it without Michael Thomas. I think we took a couple of weeks mm-hmm. to readjust. We obviously lost um, game two and game three. So it's nice to see them... Um, trusting Breeze to throw it to, to Emmanuel Sanders and, and Traycon Smith. And I think he had more passes of 15 yards or greater than Josh Allen this week, which is quite an interesting fact because Josh Allen is known to be quite a deep ball thrower. And of course, if you're the Lions, are you firing Matt Patricia? You've got a bye week next, but I mean, he's got to be on the hot seat. Not yet. No, because he's, he's quite young. Um, he was at the Patriots not that long ago. Wasn't he? he was their defensive um, yeah they've got their, their I think the big trouble for them is their owner the new owner um, the new Ford and then came out yesterday, no, last season and said it's playoffs or bus yeah for life yeah I mean it's uh, difficult I, I, I wouldn't sack him yet I think it's still quite early in the season um, I think 
the the Detroit offense is, is still pretty promising. I talk about him every week, and I'm talking about going to talk about him <laughs> every week from on. But uh, Kenny Galladay, you know, he's only just come back from injury. He scored a touchdown in both games that he's been back now, and I think obviously losing to the Saints, you can't you can't be disappointed about that. Spe- nah, yeah. I guess they've blown the lead from 14 points up, but you know that was a very early on in the game. You never know how that's going to go on, uh, how how the game's going to go on when you're 14-0 um, up, in the, only in the first quarter still, I think it was. But an interesting stat from that game is that um, Detroit have lost six straight games in which they were winning by 10-plus points. It's weird because we see um, this happening for the last three or four weeks. A, a big lead means nothing. <laughs> it really mm. means nothing. You can change the pace of the game completely. And Falcons case, it it really doesn't mean nothing having mm-hmm. a big lead. Yeah, definitely. Another game where that was the case was I think the uh, the Chargers Buccaneers game. So the Buccaneers mm. won that game thirty eight thirty one in the end. But I think the Chargers were winning by quite some way at, at one point. Yeah, they were. They were at least two touchdowns up, and the it was fifteen point deficit. Bucks yeah. come back from. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I didn't think um, Tom Brady had it in him personally, but obviously he does. Yeah, I mean, he scored five passing touchdowns, and I think Justin Herbert was taking it to him at the beginning. He was, he was. But um, Brady kept like, threw another interception, didn't he? One or two mm. interceptions. Mm-hmm. And um, he obviously isn't as good as he was, but as yeah, as you were saying, um, Justin Herbert, was uh, he was putting it to Brady. Mm, definitely. I love watching Justin Herbert already. Yeah. Six foot six, but the guy can move. 290 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, this is a fun team. And I think this game changed when Austin Eckler went out injured mm-hmm. uh, in the first quarter. I thought they could really give him a decent competitive game. And then the, uh, the backup, Josh Kelly, fumbled on that moment. But, I mean, this is a great quarterback battle to keep an eye on from two guys at completely different ends of their career. But yeah, that's very, that's a very good This point. is the first time you've seen Brady really open it up. I mean, Bruce Arians, the Tampa head coach offense, is mm. notorious for, for playing vertical and playing deep. So they kind of went and got Brady. The question was, is how are they going to fit? Are they going to change the offense? Or is, does he still have the belief that Brady's got it deep? And and clearly, this is he still got it. He completed passes to ten different receivers yeah, on Sunday, so he spread the ball around. He had five touchdowns, three hundred and seventy odd yards. So it's a promising sign, and this is a team that are getting hot. Unfortunately, if you're a Saints fan, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Buccaneers are top of the division right now, which is quite <laughs> unsettling to see. But the Saints will still win that division. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, well, you can have. As soon as you uh, were talking about the Panthers, I mean, it's getting a bit closer, getting a bit hot for the Saints. Maybe. Yeah, getting I mean, I, I promise you the Panthers will lose to the Falcons when they play. I just got a feeling inside that that will happen. So that will kind of even the bottom of it out a bit. But <laughs> I think, no, they will, I promise you. I, I'll put two points on it, Kay, right? I'm putting two points on yeah, it. Here, here first, folks. <laughs> here, here two first. points. What, what's the two points, Morgan? Just say, say clearly. Two points that when the Falcons and Panthers play next, the Falcons will win that game. It's in the division. It's always. It, we'll talk about that later on. We'll yeah, talk about yeah, that yeah. when when the time comes. Luckily, um, you won't have to wait long for that bet to come in. It'll be on Sunday. Oh, is it this week? The two play each other. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I promise you then, Kate. On Sunday, <laughs> the Falcons are beating the Panthers. But um. <sighs> I think it's time now for us to move on to our, our first feature. We'll, we'll talk about the other games that we haven't mentioned um, after this feature. But now I think it's time for us to chat about our touchdowns for the week. You're listening to Let's Talk Touchdowns, a podcast by K. Ryan Hines and Morgan Edwards. So, I think we'll go, we'll, we'll go with guests first, Chris. What was your favourite touchdown for this week? 
I think this is probably one that I'm glad I got first. I think everyone would have chosen this one. It's mm. the Jarvis Landry throw to Odell Beckham. That's nice. Uh, that's in, nice. in that game, uh, being a left-hander myself, it was quite nice to see a left-handed uh, mm. quarterback throw and pass. And I think it was the most ridiculous. It's fun to see him get something out of the bag of tricks. You know, Landry getting the ball on a reverse from Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. It'll toss 37-yard pass. And I mean, there's some interesting stuff here because Landry's actually thrown the ball before this game five times in an NFL game. Um, so he's got a bit of experience there. And of course, Beckham last year threw a pass to Landry. So there's a little <laughs> bit of a reverse there, return the favour. But I just thought, fantastic to see a team, you know, in a game that they probably needed to win and obviously did, mm. still have that confidence, especially for a Browns team who always find a way to mess things up. So it's exactly. quite brave for <laughs> head coach Stefanski to go and call that one in it. It was a beautiful throw. I mean, it wasn't like some of those you see receivers throw it and there's no one covering. I mean, he was on reasonably tight coverage and he still put mm. it where it needed to be. And it was part of, you know, still a soft spot for Odell Beckham. Yeah, so nice to see him grab one as well. Very nice indeed. Kay, what about yours? What was your favourite touchdown for week four? Mine has to be the uh, 49ers' first um, touchdown to uh, Brandon Ayuk. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but... Um, yes. I can't remember who the uh, 49ers quarterback is at the moment. Um, no, I don't know. He's he's backup for Jimmy G, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but um, he threw it to uh, number 11. I'm pretty sure he's a rookie. And um, he hurdled uh, Eagles defender. It was absolutely insane. Like He got so much airtime. He just sent the Eagles um, man flying and um, went in for the touchdown. I just I was just shocked when I saw that. I was like, absolutely mad. Yeah, that's definitely got to be up there as, as one of the best touchdowns for this week. I mean, mine... It, I mean, I was thinking of of any of Odell Beckham's touchdowns because they're all amazing. <laughs> they so are, they are. yeah, go check those out if you're listening at home. But I think mine has got to be uh, Jalen Guyton or Guyton, however you pronounce it. Um, Chargers, actually, funny enough, we we're just talking about the Chargers. So it's a 72 yard touchdown. It was 40 yards run after catch. So Justin Herbert just lobbed it down there. Jalen Goyton caught the ball, number 15 for the Chargers, and just and just ran it 40 yards home. I thought that was really impressive to see. You know, Justin Herbert throwing passes of that magnitude and it. it's mm. always it's always nice to see a, a massive deep ball and then just pure pace running it in a, a race to the end zone you know yeah but as you were saying um any one of obj's um throws or touchdowns i really liked his last one um, mm. where he just ran mm. it in yeah obviously especially on that they were just about to they cowboys had just rallied to score 24 consecutive points and yeah. you're thinking god this is the most brown thing <laughs> possible if they manage to yeah. lose this and the cowboys That's are going to jam another one yeah, and then, I mean, he escapes Alden Smith on the end of the round and takes it in for a 57 or 50-odd-yard rushing mm. touchdown. And it's his first... Yeah, this is crazy. You still think um, of uh, Odell Beckham as a young player, but his did, last did. time he scored three touchdowns in a game was in 2015. So he's been around for a while now. <laughs> Five years, yeah. 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 That's mad. Mad. So, yeah, they were our touchdowns for the weekend and some uh, special mentions as well. So go check those out at home. But I think we'll just jump straight back into some of the other games for this mm. week then. Okay, can I quickly go, go back to uh, the Cowboys? Just yeah, because. of course you can. Did you see um, Dak's um, throw to Amari Cooper? That throw through the window, the tightest window yeah. you could ever mm. get. And that, that's the Dak you need for the Cowboys. And I was just mm. uh, actually blown away because that has to be one of the hardest throws you can ever make. So he was um, just past the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage and Amari Cooper was kind of covered by um, two defensive backs. And um, he threw it just... It, like in the right position for Marvie Cooper to scoop it up and not get touched by the two defensive um, mm. defensive backs, and that was just unreal. Yeah, Absolutely I mean, unreal. 
Dak Prescott, he's my fantasy quarterback, so I'm, I'm loving the point scoring that, the, that they're oh, putting up at the minute. I can imagine. <laughs> so Dak's got 1,690 yards passing so far. And to give you a context, the second is Josh Allen on 1,300. So Dak, wow. at the moment, to give you a sense of how ridiculous his start to the year is, no quarterback, I'm fairly sure, has ever passed for more than 5,500 yards. Dak's current rate would put him at 6,700. Jesus. <laughs> I, mean, I suppose insane. it helps when your defence gives up 40 points every game and you've got to throw <laughs> the ball all day. Yeah. So. That, yeah. That's on the Cowboys team. That's one in three. Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't complaining. You know, when I was, I was just sat there, <laughs> something in my chair, like Browns were miles ahead. I was like, oh, come on, Cowboys. Like, I put all my faith in getting Dak Prescott. I got him like in the fourth or fifth, no, fifth or sixth round, I think it was. But no, he's the second quarterback in fantasy. And we'll talk a bit more about fantasy later on, uh, especially because we've got Chris here. Um, but some other interesting facts about uh, Dak Prescott this week. So he, he threw for 502 yards, four passing touchdowns, and he scored... So he's he's thrown for four hundred and fifty plus yards in three three straight games, which is an NFL record. Insane. I don't know why they leave it so late to come back. Cause I, I, I texted you more. I was like, are they are they going to do it mm. again? They left it obviously too late this time. Their defense has let them down. That, mm. That's where they're losing the games. I think it's also Dak's looking pretty smart now, given that he didn't sign a long term extension. He's playing on the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. His price is just going up and up and up every week for that long-term contract. You feel like he's going to join that $40 million uh, club shortly at the end of this season if he keeps playing like this. Yeah, I mean, if anyone can afford it, it's going to be the Cowboys, isn't it, to be fair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Some other interesting games then. Uh, obviously, interesting. I say interesting. The Jets aren't interesting, but <laughs> they're the worst team in the league. But obviously, we've got to talk about Thursday night football. So the Jets lost to the Broncos 28-37. I don't think anyone was surprised by that result, though. No. Um, I was pretty impressed by how close a game it was, though. Yeah, I mean, 28-37. Came down to the wide um, towards the end, but I think the Broncos um, kept picking off Sam Darnold. Mm, Chris, what did you make of that one? Darnold is most infuriating QB to watch because one of my other choices between touchdown the week was his run. Absolutely amazing 46-yard touchdown run. Somehow escapes a blitz and looks like he's going to get sacked. He's juking, he's pretending he's about to slide, staying up on his feet. Yeah, cut yeah, he looked like a running nice. back and showed the pace. I mean, and then he goes and does things like that. But I mean, this was a game the Jets shouldn't circle as a win. You're playing Brett Rippon. I mean, an undrafted free agent, a quarterback yeah. in your own building. He then gets benched. I mean, you're just <laughs> looking at this is a game that the Jets fans would have circled as their only chance. And mm. the only thing I'd say is Jerry Judy, the uh, first round pick for the Broncos receiver, looks everything he was advertised to. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes up and wins the ball, you know, same as a sort of a DK Metcalf kind of play, jumps over and just outmans the defensive back and wrestles it. And the other note for that game for me that was really interesting was Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. um, finished with 23 rushes for 107 yards and two touchdowns. So that was a signing I wasn't so sure about with Philip Lindsay there as well. But, you know, when you're up in a game and you're using your third string quarterback, having a running back who can do that and salt away a win is pretty important. But Philip Lindsay isn't a bad running back himself. I just haven't heard him um, kind of get mentioned that much no, past a few weeks. He's been fighting an injury as well. I, I've got him on my bench and yeah. in my fantasy, and he's been mm. on the bench pretty much every week because he's always questionable. I, I never bother playing him, and even when he does come on, I, he hasn't had uh, that many touches. But talking of um, teams that are relying on 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 running backs, I think the Patriots this week, and I don't want to talk too much about them because they are in our um, in our predictions for the week. But they they definitely were relying on on running backs this week with Cam Newton out. 
Yeah, we'll save we'll save that for a bit later. But I have an interesting like one we'll talk about. Ah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk definitely. about that one more in depth later on. I think uh, a couple more games that we haven't mentioned: the Jags game, yeah, the, the Bengals Jags. Um, Mixon three touchdowns and thirty one touches, and is Burrow's first win. It seems like you know this this offense doesn't Burrow doesn't have to do it all for once. I mean, for some frustrating reason over the last few weeks, there's a lot of Gio Bernard being thrown into the mix. He's a perfectly competent running back, but Mixon's an all pro, certainly a pro bowl level guy. So yeah, definitely. it looked like at half time. I mean, Zach Taylor, the second year coach for the Bengals, finally realized that he had this guy who could go and get a job done and finally gave him the ball. I mean, the two sort of observations I had from this game were AJ Green looks washed up. Um, talking to fantasy, I took a bet on him and it didn't look so clever. But you've got Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins out there looking good. And, you know, AJ Green not looking so good. And then, no, I mean, the Jags. The Jags was a frisky, frisky win over the Colts in week one. But now they're playing like the team that we thought would be in the 10th the for Trevor race and the number one overall pick. They've, I mean, their defense allowed over 500 yards of total offense, while their offense itself was two of 10 on third down attempts. So. For all the Gardner Minshew height, this looks like a team who's going to be competing with my Giants and the Jets for the number one pick. I hate to say it, but yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Jags. Uh, no, go on, I was just going to say the Jags are struggling, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Right then, Kay, what have we got coming up next? Well, uh, this is the portion where we explain an NFL concept on what on earth is a down. What on earth is a down? So uh, today I'm going to explain to you what the uh, secondary is, and um, it's kind of a smaller concept. The, the secondary is um, kind of the last line of defence for the the football team's uh, defensive side. So you'll have the safeties and defensive backs um, actually on these line of scrimmage and linebackers, but then um, kind of further down the field you'll have your um, secondary where you'll have more safeties and um, cornerbacks and um, they'll their job is to kind of zonal mark or if a mm. uh, kind of receiver gets past the defensive backs at the line scrimmage and linebackers um, it's then their safeties and uh, cornerbacks job to kind of uh, take over marking them and hopefully the bat the ball down or kind of um, intercept the ball and run it back for a pick six which I'm pretty sure we saw this week as well one or two picks. Yeah, I think there were a couple, weren't there? I think um, I think it was was it the Chiefs? Yeah, it was the yeah. Chiefs. Um, Tyron Math- uh, Matthew uh, got one. Yeah, picked off the Patriots. Um, was back the game in. winner. In yeah, the Myers, uh, Eagles game as well. Was yeah. a pick six and the Chargers Bucks had one. So we saw a lot of secondary action this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, and then we uh, we spoke about um, in last week's episode we spoke about sacks and, and the D line, and uh, I thought mm. now we, uh, Kay's given a lovely explanation of what the secondary is. So that's kind of a almost a comprehensive uh, explanation of of how the defense works in, in the NFL. And I think if I if I were to play in a, if I were to play American football, I reckon I'd be a cornerback. Just gonna throw that out. There's a random. Yeah, I reckon. I don't know You'd why. Have to try be defended me, and I, I don't think you could. Man. <laughs> I mean, if you're playing a cornerback, you, that's the position I think you could be made to look the silliest. Yeah. If you get a wide receiver who's coming in on a, on a couple of steps route and you end up on your backside, that's the yeah. position you get involved. You have to be most, able to cut back inside and yeah. fire the wide receiver. It's such a hard job being the safety or defensive back. Mm. You have to watch the receiver, but you also have to watch the quarterback and kind of just have it that instinct whether to turn around and bat the ball turn around catch the ball you know you mm. just you just have to be on it like properly on it 
what I quite like about the cornerback position is obviously you've got your stars on, on the offense. You know, you're running back to wide receivers. You think of them as 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 the athletes, but I think yeah. that the safeties in the corners have got to be up there as as some of the biggest athletes on that pitch. You know, definitely, obviously definitely. some of the fastest. You see, you definitely see corners catching up to wide receivers and, mm. and and running backs. They have to be really mentally alert and really mentally quick as mm. well to make those split second decisions mm. and um, make those big plays. Because as you said, you have the stars on the. Um, the offensive side but on the defensive side it's just as important to have those stars that are even more important and yeah and I think in a league that now I mean, we've seen in the last few weeks that the points being scored in a league where or passing offence specifically is more and more valuable the mm. team that can pass the best and defend the pass the best so that's obviously the secondary are going to be some of the most valuable players and you look at the way it's evolved you're now looking at teams sometimes having as many as eight defensive backs on the field yeah. rather than mm. traditional kind of four it's an area that's definitely becoming more and more valued in terms of how much they get paid. We saw mm-hmm. Marlon Humphreys, the Ravens um, uh, cornerback, getting a $90 million contract this week. Yeah. So it's starting to get its value recognised, I think. Yeah, because uh, Jalen Ramsey got his contract a couple of weeks ago as well, didn't he? Yeah, he's one of the best in the game. Same, mm. same with Tyrone Matthew. They're, they're just as valuable as the wide receivers as the quarterbacks, and it's nice mm. to see that they are being valued. Mm, 100%. Okay, I think it's time now for us to move on to our next feature, which is our predictions for the week. Wow, that's a wild card. That is a wild card. You're going to have to justify that one. I'm going to have to justify that. You're right. It's going to be the Packers. It's going to be the Packers. It has to be. There's there's no doubt about it. The Cowboys are going to win every other game after this one, but they're going to lose this one. Oh, I'm I'm not sure about that one. (laughs) Morgan and Kay's predictions for the week. Okay, so last week, uh, Kay and I discussed the, the, the results that we, we, we thought were going to happen for three games for week four. And we also, I also checked Chris a message to get his input on, on these games as well. So the three games that we picked, um, it was my turn to pick, wasn't it, Kay? Yeah. Um, so I picked the Bears against the Colts, the Chiefs against the Patriots, and the Raiders against the Bills. So if we jump in on this first game then, so the Bears 11 and the Colts 19. The Colts took the victory on that one. Um, and just for some, some clarity, uh, both Chris and I said the Colts are going to win, and, and Kay, you didn't say the Colts were going to win that one game. Yeah, I uh, put my faith in um, Nick Foles, and unfortunately he couldn't get it through <laughs> me. But again, that was a good game. It, was, it wasn't mm. a high-scoring game, but I think it was a good game still. What did, Rivers is doing kind of bits for the Colts. What did you say last week? Last week? You'd uh, trust Nick Foles with your life, that was it, wasn't it? I still, I still stand by that. Still yeah. stand by that. Okay, yeah. he's okay. going to take the Bears quite far. You know, he's going to take them far. Yeah, I mean they're on three and one at the minute, and I think correct when me if I'm wrong. Was the last time the Bears were on three yeah, and one? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think the Colts are on three and one as well. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but um, it's kind of an interesting one. You wouldn't really consider them uh, both of the, either of those teams three and one teams, but then you look at the two and two teams out there, such as um, as the Saints, Saints. for example. Yeah. You know. It's kind of uh, and the Forty Niners obviously in the Super Bowl last last mm. year they were in the uh, they they're two and two so interesting start for for the, for the Bears and the Colts this week or this season rather. I think the only thing I'd say about well there's two things one on each side of the on the board that the Bears are in trouble in terms of their schedule they've got a rough schedule next four games are Buccaneers on Thursday night Panthers Rams and Saints so Oof, it's not I mean easy. that's not easy, yeah and I think. What I'd say about the Colts is this is one of the few, especially now this has been the highest scoring NFL season ever, and we're always talking about 30 and you know all of this, but the Colts are one of the few defences that I'd trust in here. I think they've got stars at 
all levels. They traded for DeForest Buckner over there, the 13th mm. overall pick, who looks like a star. Darius Leonard, obviously, he went off yeah. injured and only played half of this game. You've got lesser-known guys like Rock Yassin, uh, I think a second-year guy out of Temple on the back end. And then Xavier Rhodes, who was a great player. In I was wondering where long. he, had, he yeah. was. Is he at the Colts had, now? Yeah, I mean, he had statistically the worst year in history, I think, for a cornerback last year for the, <laughs> for the Vikings. So the Colts oh. took a bit of a punt on him. And, uh, and uh, he seems to be, he's having a nice comeback. But yeah, I think Xavier the only Rhodes thing used you're... to be one of the best in the league. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember he used off. to train with Antonio oh. Brown for a bit. And um, they would kind of trade... Um, they trained together, and um, obviously Antonio Brown was one of the best. But and so he kind of made an Xavier Rhodes one of the best as well. And yeah, definitely. Um, on to the next game then. So the Chiefs Patriots. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. We thought mm. we'd save it to this to this feature at the end. So the Chiefs won that one as well. They've gone four and zero. So that's twenty six points to ten against the Patriots. Uh, all three of us. Congrats to three the three of us. We all said the Chiefs are going to win that. I think, don't think there's any doubt there was there. Uh. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about this one because as much as the Chiefs offense is probably one of the strongest in the league, to me it kind of came down to their defense. Mm. So it um, came down to a defensive uh, team versus mm. a defensive team. Like the, It was a game of defenses opposed mm. to being a game of offenses. And um, it's really interesting to see because it, um, it was a low score in the first half, I, I believe. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it was like 6-3. Six six three. Three yeah, 6-3, yeah. yeah, exactly. It just shows you how strong both of their defenses actually are. Like obviously the Chiefs have a very very strong offense, and the Patriots do too, even without Cam Newton. But um, yeah, it was it's really interesting game. What I reckon I think... would be really interesting is when was the last time you reckon Bill Belichick was on two and two? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Any idea, think... Chris? No, I, I couldn't tell you. And I mean, I think what I would say is about this game. It's a funny, interesting fact, talking about low scoring first half. This is the third time in the Patrick Mahomes era in Kansas that they haven't scored a touchdown in the first half. All wow. three have come against the Patriots. Insane. So they clearly have their number in the first half. Yeah, definitely. I don't and think I just, it's... Oh, go on. Hmm. No, I, just, I, I, mean, I just don't know what the Patriots were thinking. They only signed Cam Newton late on when no one else took him and they could get him on a minimum salary. Hmm. How they were ever thinking that... I mean... Brian Hoyer starting above Jared Stidham, who, you know, Bill Belichick spent the whole year, the fourth round pick, I think he was, a couple of years back, talking up Jared Stidham is our guy, he's our guy. And yet you choose to start the 12-year veteran journeyman Hoyer ahead of him when Cam Newton's out. So if you're a Patriots fan, I think you've just got to be <laughs> incredibly happy that no one else snapped up Newton because I just couldn't see this offense putting up more than 15, 16 points without, uh, without having Cam Newton and being able to do that because they looked... They looked dreadful. Hoyer had some terrible yeah. mistakes at the end of that first half. They were in field goal range. They had no timeouts left. And he takes a sack and he gets up and tries to signal a timeout, clearly not realising they've got none left. Yeah. And, and even um, their trusted wide receiver, Edelman, he dropped two catches. He dropped two catches. Edelman doesn't do that. Edelman's one of the... He's a veteran. He's been in the league for a long time now. He's and um Super Bowl MVP think, as well. Yeah, isn't he? you think back to that um that catch he made, one of the hardest catches ever to make with three defensive backs on you. And then he just drops two passes when you kinda need people like him yeah. in your mm. team to show out. Kind of just disappointed and the Patriots are really struggling. Yeah. That drop was uh was responsible for the pick six from time after we spoke about earlier, yeah. went straight through his hands. So that cost yeah. them it's a huge momentum. Exactly, that and that, that won them the game in the end. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's quite nice to see the Patriots not doing that well, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. 
it's nice to see the whole NFL shift and teams you don't think uh, do should do well doing amazing. These teams that you thought would win games going two and two, like the Saints, you know, mm. bad team, bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know. You're a fan of the Patriots struggling. Three of their next five games are Niners, Bills, and Ravens. Oh, uh, that's a rough. I mean, in fact, the other two are Broncos and Jets. But even so, I can't wait for that. <laughs> it's gonna be it's rough, rough time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on to this this final game that I had, the KME, well, no, the three of us actually predict, um, was the Raiders and the Bills. So the Bills took home the victory, that won 30 points to 23. I, I went for the Raiders. I don't know I don't know what I was thinking, but actually I started... I don't know what I, you're thinking either. I, I felt that the Raiders were going to do it. I don't know why. They've been kind of impressive. Obviously, they beat, they beat my Saints a couple yeah. of weeks ago. But um, yeah, both of you got that one right, and I got that one wrong. Josh Allen, man, Josh Allen. Yeah. I wanted to talk mm. about Josh Allen and um, Stefan Diggs because mm. their connection at the moment is actually amazing. You would have yeah. thought they'd been playing together for years, but they've been playing together, what, four, four weeks? Mm. I, I just um, got it down on my notes like I wanted to talk about Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs because um, Josh Allen was about to take a sack and he just tossed it. He wasn't yeah. the top of throw. He just tossed it out to Stefan Diggs. And you don't do that to someone... Like what mm-hmm. the wide receiver you just met. Like obviously we know Stefan Diggs is um oh, fourth fifth year out. He's one of the best in the league. But to do that, it it just shows incredible trust and um the relationship they've established over a very short time. It's really nice to see that. Yeah, what a trade that was giving up their first round. And Diggs has got twenty six catches for four hundred and three yards and two touchdowns, tied with DK Metcalf on four hundred and three mm-hmm. yards for leader in the league. And I mean. The Bills, hey, that's that's the story of the season for me so far, mm. 4-0. Yeah. Um, yeah. And since, I mean, they're looking good. Since 2002, 53 teams have started 4-0 and 44 have made the playoffs and 16 have made the Super Bowl, actually. So this is a team yeah. that, you know, are looking pretty good. Whereas on the flip side, the Raiders fallen back to 2-2 two and two and now have got the Chiefs, the Bucks and the Browns up in their next three. Mm. It's going to be a difficult. They dropped a two and five. They're in big trouble. Yeah, it's hard to come back from there because, as mm-hmm. we were saying, momentum is everything in NFL. Yeah. You go from week to week, and if if you're not winning every other game or every game, it's hard to kind of get that morale going. But I don't know. This season's different. We might see like some big changes coming. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it'd be interesting to see the Bills um, going into the playoffs as as the winner of that division because obviously they've been they're in the same division as the Patriots. If they went through like they did last season, it was always as a wild card. Um, but they they're looking quite firm at, at the top there, at the top of the uh, the AFC East. But I think that, like you like you mentioned, Chris, they're playing the Patriots pretty soon, so that'll be an interesting battle because it, it, it's always a bit different when it's a divisional matchup. Like I'm saying, like you know, the Falcons are going to yeah, beat the Panthers. Definitely. It's it's always different in the division. I yeah, didn't realise as well games. that um, was Alshon Jeffrey, um, Nelson Aguilar, he's at the Raiders. I think it's um, Nelson Aguilar was at the Raiders, and that's a really good... Oh, um, is he? Yeah. I, mm. I can't remember which one it is, but... Um, it is Aguilar, yeah. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar was at the Raiders, and I, I was wondering where he was, because um, he's one. he was a really, really good... Um, Eagles wide receiver a couple of years ago and mm. last year last season he didn't have that good a season he was a bit quiet but that's a really good um, kind of pick up for the Raiders because they do have a very good offense but when you have someone like um, Nelson Aguilar on your team it makes it a lot easier to uh, win games yeah, so just to wrap up the, the, the predictions for week four then. So uh, the Bears lost to the Colts, the Chiefs beat the Patriots and the Raiders lost to the Bills. So I said 
that the, the Colts and Chiefs are going to win. I was right about that, but got the Raiders wrong. Uh, KU said Chiefs and Bills correctly. And then Chris, our guest, got all three right. I think you should be the one hosting the show, not us. I know. We, we obviously <laughs> don't know that much. Trusting Josh Allen when you draft him as your fantasy QB. No, Matt, you've got to ride with him. Yeah, you definitely have to roll with with, with him. And um, so that's the four weeks. Uh, I'm on 8 for 12. K, you're on 8 for 12. And uh, Chris, impressive start, 3 for 3. Mm. You'll definitely have to um, send in some text messages uh, every week, letting us know your predictions so we can kind of keep tally of how you're doing as well. Absolutely. Okay, then uh, we also let you, Chris, didn't we uh, pick the games for, for week five. So what what are they? Yeah, so I tried to go a little bit um, of a sort of scientific approach here and uh, okay. check out some of the money lines because there's not many great games that I love in terms of sort of two Titan team matching, not the Titans, two great teams mm-hmm. matching up. So I tried yeah. to go with games that I thought would be close. Um, and and to that end, we're going to start with Buccaneers at Bears on Thursday night. Oof, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I'll let you go first, Kay. Buccaneers at Bears? Hmm. Oh, I don't know the Buccaneers. They're they're a really hard team to tell what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. What are they on? Three and one. Three and mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Bears are on three and one. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to go Buccaneers this time. I, I love Nick Foles. I do, but I think the Bucks just have an edge for some reason. Don't know what it is. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to agree. I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks because they've got talent in the Buccaneers, haven't yeah. they? Whereas I don't. I don't yeah. trust the Bears at all. You know, they've not, got three wins, but I, I don't. I wouldn't bet any yeah, money on them winning not, a game I'm ever. I'm not easy about it. I'm not easy about no, it. No, exactly. Who did you the, think, uh, Chris? The, I would have gone with the Bucks as well, definitely. I think the betting markets have them as three-point favourites to give you an indication of where that sort of stands. And I just think, I think they've got a great defence. I'd never trust Nick Foles unless he's coming off the bench at the start. In the Super Bowl or something, yeah. Yeah, and I love what's going on there. I think um, down in Tampa, Tom's getting his uh, Tompa, as they're calling him down there. He's got his uh, his connections going with Mike Evans and players like that. My only worry, they lost OJ Howard, which was like a bad Achilles injury, the tight end. So mm-hmm. yeah. Gronk is now actually going to have to play like a tight end rather than Just, a blocker. So we'll see yeah. whether he can sort of still, still do that. He had that, a few catches we'll this week, though. So he had a, he was they're trying to get him more in. into the game, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Okay, so that was uh, that was game one. So we all went for the Buccaneers on that one, beating the Bears. What, what's game number two, Chris? Game number two is possibly one of my sort of low-key favourite games of the week. Is Colts at Browns? Ooh, that's it. really intriguing, actually. Mm. Again, both on three, two, and, three one, and one. Well. Yeah. Who are you going for? I test you. <sighs> right, that's an interesting one. Um, so obviously the Browns played fantastically well this week. Mm. Uh, Odell Beckham went off with, uh, mm. with 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 three touchdowns, but I think. They're quite, they're quite unpredictable in the sense that they'll play well and then they'll play poorly. Whereas I think the Colts are quite a consistent team. There's nothing flashy about them, but that defense, if any defense, perhaps other than the Steelers, could stop mm-hmm. th- that Browns offense, I think it would be the Colts. So I'm going to go with the Colts on that one. What about you, Kay? I I kind of like what the Browns are doing. You know, they're exciting. They're playing the ball, nice. and um, they're they're not a young young team. Now that uh, you've told me how old uh, old Beckham Jr. is, mm. um, they're not a young team, but they're an exciting team. And uh, I want to go Browns because um, I want to go against you, obviously. And yeah. um, the Browns, they're just they're just doing it for me. Brilliant. What about you, Chris? I've I've got the Colts. I think they looked good. They looked solid. And I said that I trust them much more. The only concern for me of the Colts were. On um, on Sunday, they were one of four for touchdowns in the red zone. So once they get within that twenty yard zone, the problem is there's there's no 
trickery. I mean, Philip Rivers is, you know, an absolute statue. There was one player he tried to run out and it was comically slow, right? He had lead boots. Yeah, he's one of those, like, yeah. slow runners, like Ben Roethlisberger, oh, I mean, Brady. <laughs> I, tried, yeah, I saw it, Matt Ryan try and run it. It just didn't, didn't happen. I mean, Rivers makes them look like Usain Bolt, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> as a defence you know what's going to happen there's no quarterback calls there's no trickery so I still go with the Colts and they are the two and a half point last time I checked favourite on this one but now interestingly the last game is one I think (laughs) I'll know where people are going with this because it's Panthers at Falcons (laughs) (laughs) right uh, Falcons 100% all my money on it Have you not been watching the Falcons movie? They, I promise you, I promise you, right? I'm putting my <laughs> neck on the line. Watching the Falcons. I don't we care, mean, I don't care. I'm putting my neck the on the line. Game. The winner at the end of the game, not the winner at the end of three quarters. Here, <laughs> oh, the Falcons. oh, okay. In that case, then I... No, no. Neck on the line. I said it earlier. I'm going to stick with my guns. Falcons oh, are winning that one. <laughs> is, it in, is it in Atlanta or is it in... Um... It's in Atlanta. In, yeah, def- definitely then. Falcons. I hope you have my two points ready. <laughs> I'm going to have them ready on the table for me is what's going to happen, mm. mate. It's Panthers. It's Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. There we are then. It's quite, Who did you quite for, convincing. Chris? Yeah. I had the Falcons. Um, what? I'm, I'm not sure. They're actually the three and a half points. They're the biggest favourite of any of these three games that we've called so far. Um, I think the offense It doesn't matter well. who's the favourite. Have you not been watching them play? <laughs> they won't do it again. I, we say that's that every what, time, don't we? Yeah, you can literally watch the Falcons play every week and you can say that, but at the end of the day, it's the Falcons. Now, we, we were talking about, yeah, I was going to say, we were talking about uh, some must-win games for teams. I think this definitely is a must-win game for the Falcons. Mm, definitely. I think the Panthers are a little bit uh, gentle 2-2 two and two team. I don't really trust Teddy Bridgewater. I think Robbie Anderson will fall back to the pack. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, Calvin Ridley on the Monday night game was held to no catches for the first time since his rookie game in 2018. I can't see that happening again. Julio, I mean, Hayden Hurst is due a big game. I just think their offence is going to outscore the Panthers. I'm not a big fan of the Panthers' offence. No, me neither. In a, what I think will be a high-scoring game. I, I'm not I'm not convinced by Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he's a um, he's not a franchise quarterback, but uh, it's the Falcons. I, you're my you're gut rolling this I week. <laughs> my gut, I just can't, I can't say the Falcons will win. cannot say it. There we are. That's quite comprehensive then. So the three games that uh, the three of us are going to predict for week five then are the... Remind me, actually, there was Colts and Browns, isn't it? So we, we went with... Uh, Chris and I went with the Colts and Kay again with the Browns. The first yeah. one was Bucks and... Who was it? Bucks at Bears on Thursday night Bucks football. Bucks at Bears, Thursday night football. Uh, Chris and I going the Bucks and... We all going the Bucks, yes. That's right. Yeah. We're all going the Bucks. And then this, this last game was... Uh, what was the last game? I've forgotten. Panthers, 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 Panthers Falcons. Falcons. How could I forget? Of course, uh, the Falcons. It might be the boringest game ever, or it could be the most <laughs> exciting game. It's not going to be a middle ground. Definitely not. Morgan and Kay's predictions for the week. I think um, we're going to move on to, especially because you're here, Chris, we're going to talk about fantasy football now. We didn't talk about fantasy football last week because we kind of um, run out of time, I guess. Uh, but we, we thought we'd save some extra extra room for it at the end here because obviously, Chris, you're in our fantasy league. So uh, how did you guys get on this week? Uh, do you want to take it away, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I had a, had a good game, thankfully, at that time. It brought me up to two and two. I had a 180-point game in the end. 
which was um, which is quite nice. Thanks, thanks largely to George Kittle's forty-point game. But yeah. I mean, I I drafted pretty much kind of high risk, high reward players. So mm. um, guys, I think are going to break out. So your Terry McLaurin's. Um, I've got Justin Jefferson on there, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Nice. Um, so there's a few a few kind of J- J.K. Dobbins, Don- DeAndre Swift. So I'm kind of Josh Allen, obviously. So. Any given week, I'm never quite certain what's going to happen. So luckily this week it came off. Yeah, I was really intrigued in our, in our fantasy draft. I wasn't sure how how um, how quickly Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to go because obviously in like mock drafts with Americans, he was going mm. like in the first round consistently every single time because obviously they're, they're more in tune with college football than we are over here. So I, I was definitely in... I think you took him in the second round, didn't you, Chris? Yeah, I had the fourth overall pick round at Dalvin and then I think, the, you know, later on, I'd have taken him anywhere after eight eight mm. or nine, especially because I think Damien Williams was one of those who sat out for the season um, with a COVID um, sort mm-hmm. of opt-out. And it's clear that he's going to be the lead back. And again, the amount that he can do with, with in the passing game, especially in a PPR league like that, I think mm-hmm. the points are going to come as much from, from the passing game as they are with, with the ground game. And hopefully, you know, my, my bets were all, you know, quite risky football hipster type bets, as it were, people like that. But fingers crossed, <laughs> they pay off. Yeah, definitely. And uh, how did you get on this week, uh, week K? I uh, I lost. I didn't do too well. I only got 104 points. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit it's a bit disappointing. Russell Wilson got me a solid 20, but um, I think just because of how close that game was, it was hard for him to kind of just stand out like he has done previous weeks. Yeah, I mean, my running back game at the start of this fantasy was absolutely amazing. I thought I had Saquon Barkley, I had um, Mark Ingram. I thought, you know, how could I go wrong? How could <laughs> I go wrong? And then obviously um, Saquon Barkley got injured and Mark Ingram has not been producing the results he I thought he would. And mm. so um, with having to get rid of Saquon Barkley, which is a heavy, heavy heart, <laughs> um, I had tried to draft Naeem Hines and he just didn't do anything for me. Um, Robert Woods this week didn't do anything for me. Um, DJ Moore didn't do anything for me this week. <laughs> Travis Kelsey didn't do anything for me. Tyler Boyd <laughs> showed out. Uh, Ravens defense is all right, but um, I took I picked the Ravens defense because I have the Ravens defense and Chiefs defense. I picked the Raiders de- Ravens defense over um, Chiefs defense because the Ravens were playing Washington. And Washington aren't a good team. Yeah, and the um, Chiefs defense were against New England, and I thought you know that's going to be a hard game for the Chiefs to uh, kind of get good points. Mm. The Chiefs got, uh, defense got twenty two points, and the Ravens got eight points. Yeah, yeah, sad. Definitely, I'm I mean, back. And go on, Chris. I was going to say, okay, if it's running backs you want, I've got six in the top 42 on my team. I've got Dalvin Cook, Edwards Hilaire, Gibson at Washington, J.K. Dobbins, Devin Singletree, and DeAndre Swift. So, I mean, they yeah, I saw, I saw you wanted to trade. I saw you wanted to trade. <laughs> but you, you're trying to take my Tyler Boyd, and um, he's one of the only ones that shows out for me. <laughs> so um, I'm going to have to re- I'm going to have to think about that one. I'm quite I'm quite smug over here. Pick number three in our draft, and I got Alvin Kamara, who's actually the number one running back mm. in the league right now, and he's pretty much been the reason that I've in the games that I've won. He's pretty much been that reason. Him and Dak Prescott have have really done it for me. So um, I managed to win this week. Um, I'm currently on two and two now. So, but I won this week by uh, let me just work it out. 
Point six four points. It was very close <laughs> against close. my my mate Ben, and his only ambition for this for this year was to beat me. And it was coming down to um, Gage, the wide receiver for Falcons. He was playing uh, on Monday Night Football last night, and he had to get fewer than like four point five points, and he got four point something, like four point one or something like that. And yeah, so I was I was very smug about that victory. Uh, if you're listening, Ben, I beat you. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so just in terms of the the, the table, then so uh, I'm I'm currently in third, and, and Chris, you're in fourth at the minute. It's quite tight up the top with us, and then <laughs> quite yeah. low down. K yeah, yeah, ninth yeah, at the minute for you, nine out of ten. I know, I know, I know. But I mean, our league is very competitive at the minute, isn't it? Because the, yeah. the, the 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 guy in first, I got a feeling he's a uh, he's three and one, and then um, Country Road take Mahomes. He he's on one and three, so no one has lost every single game, and no one's won every single game. So yeah. I think we're going to be jumping up and down all, all the time. Because I think I was like seventh until t- until yeah. today, yeah. you know. So it's mm. definitely going to be interesting to see how but that one plays out. If you look at the points against, um, it's pretty close for everyone except for me, where I have six. Um, Six hundred and fourteen <laughs> against, and it's just it's just crazy because everyone's team is man mental. Yeah, I mean, and if we're talking about points against, I mean, I I've scored the most points in total out of anyone, and mm. and I've only managed to to win two of those games. So it's showing how competitive everyone is. That, yeah, uh, is this it season? Is, it is. Okay, well, I think that wraps it up for episode five of Let's Talk Touchdowns. Thank you very much um, for joining us. We we were joined with a very special guest this week who I'm sure you'll be hearing from more later on in the season. Um, thank you very much, Chris, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. It was great fun. Hopefully the Giants don't suck the rest of the year as well. <laughs> I wouldn't hold you, but <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm sure they will. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, join us next week where we'll have... All of our usual features. It'll just be the two of us, uh, me and Kay, next week. But we'll we'll have a, another uh, f- a couple of favourite touchdowns for you. What on earth is a down? And as ever, we'll we'll talk about the predictions that Chris has picked out for us. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. See ya. See ya. Thank you.